And we are back. What a day. Um, we've got Coach Hoy on the podcast. Welcome back, Brian. This is exciting to have you. Hey, thank good to be back. Um, yep. So last year we did our first NBA uh, preview show. We're a little bit late. We're a few games into the season. Celtics play game three tonight. Um, we're pre-recording. So uh, take that as a, you know. Um, they, they won. Just assume they won. <laughs> you, 82 and 0? I think so. Until proven otherwise, Gibby. Thank you. Um, and uh, and we talked a little bit about high school basketball. We got into you know the the art of coaching too with Coach Hoy, um, who is the head coach for Westbrook High School basketball and Westbrook uh, soccer as well. Uh, varsity men's soccer. Sorry, South, South Portland soccer. South Portland. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to misplace you there. How did the soccer season go? Uh, it was it was all right. Um, we were we struggled quite a bit this year. I mean, we're still a good team, but like we did not perform at the level that we thought we we would. And it was kind of a weird season for me because I've never really experienced that before coaching where I had a team that like we had the pieces and we just couldn't figure out how to put it all together. Um, and so we were pretty successful. It was it was pretty good you know we had a we had a good year we were still you know made it to the first round we made it to the playoffs and won our prelim and everything it just wasn't as it didn't feel as good as as a few of the years past just in terms of what everyone on the team got out of it so was it like the Kyrie year for the Celtics in the playoffs yeah a little I mean like oh. Nothing, nothing bad with with anyone, you know. Nothing bad, just like a lot of a lot of negativity on the team, and a lot of it from me, um, just because we were all frustrated with how we were performing and not getting to the level that we knew was there, um, and it just became really overwhelming throughout the course of the year for everyone, you know. And and I would, it was, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in charge; it's my fault all the way along, you know, like I have to do a better job of that, but it was just not, it was not a great year for us, um, which that usually doesn't happen. Um, I, you know, I've had pretty good success where usually I walk away from every year being like, Oh, that was a really great year. You know, whether we win, lose or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I I just didn't feel that way this year. Um, I think we still, you know, ran a deep, we had a good year. It just wasn't, didn't feel great this year. Yeah, progression isn't necessarily linear in sports either, even though we all, like, you start a season and the goal is to end that season as the only team standing. Sometimes just that doesn't happen. Sometimes you just can't yeah. get out of the way of the bad vibes either way. So you're going to have a couple of those. So you had you had a pretty stellar run last year for Westbrook High School basketball. I was watching, like, the Press Herald and updating and, and sending texts to Maddie. We talked mm-hmm. about it on the show a few months yeah. ago what six months ago but yeah um what does the season look like uh for 2023-2024 well um I'm replacing a lot we had a lot of seniors last year and um you know that that played really big roles on the team and and did some things that change what we're gonna have to do this year um quite a bit so it'll be a little bit of a transition um I'm going to lean on quite a few guys that aren't super experienced, um, especially a handful of sophomores that are all pretty good players. Um, But sometimes with sophomores in basketball, it takes a while until they can really start contributing and putting up numbers. Um, 
And even though they're playing well, they're just the numbers aren't there. And sometimes that can really hurt hurt you as a team if you're relying on three or four guys in pretty key roles and they're doing okay. They're doing what they can, but like, you know, two points a game instead of 10 points a game. And that can really eat into things a lot. So, yeah. And you, you said it earlier too. I think I would guess that knowing what I know about being in high school at one point in time, if you get a whole team full of juniors that I've gotten a chance to play a bunch, that's a good place to be. That's generally a pretty good sweet spot for, for guys coming into their own. <clears throat> like you said earlier, if you get them a bunch of good exposure this year, show them that there's a whole lot more to it, then maybe you end up in a really good spot next year. Not to automatically look ahead a year, but not a terrible place to be if you've got a big crew of sophomores coming through that can get some experience and play. Yeah, and we do have some good upperclassmen too. I think it's going to be a good mix. It's just a matter of like, we could be like a middle-of-the-pack team mid-lower team it depend on what they give us or we could be one of the top two or three teams around if they can if they can really make that that next leap um they as as a freshman team last year they were they were 18 and 0 or 17 and 0 however many games they played and just yeah. killed everybody. like it was they they didn't have any close games so is the uh, difference between those two outcomes just having a couple kids who can get their own shot and just create and get buckets is that what it, what it comes down to or is it more just like can everybody play within the scheme um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, especially this, like, like they're, they're really athletic, you know, we're, we're a pretty athletic group. And so we trap a lot and that, that scheme can really cause like havoc. And all of a sudden we're just getting fast break layup after fast break layup, but having guys who can create and just like take over possessions is, is huge, especially at the lower level high school. Cause if you have one guy who can score, 25 at the freshman level they're just going to go dominate a game and all of a sudden yeah. you're up you know because they can score and the other teams can't you know yeah yeah um can, a two questions one can we beat falmouth this year can we can we take them down <laughs> we have a rivalry against falmouth at, uh one night in pinehurst and b um can we also get cooper flag to uh transfer to westbrook to reclassify, uh, de- declassify down back into high school for a year. That would certainly make my life a lot easier. <laughs> uh, winter, um, we actually so when when he was a freshman, he was playing at Nokomis. Um, we went into the playoffs and like we weren't. I think we were like the seven seed maybe or something like that. But we were just kind of in the office talking, and we we were playing pretty good basketball down the stretch, and um, we were talking about it and planning out you know, we'll play these guys if we win we'll play here we'll be able to do this and you know play zone against these guys and press these guys and somebody goes well should we start scouting the north in case we get to the state championship and i look at the their side of the bracket on the wall and i was like nah if we get to the north we're just gonna lose by 80 like there's just <laughs> no chance like there's nothing we're gonna be able to do to stop this kid like no. <laughs> so uh for listeners that don't know cooper flag is the best prospect come out of maine he's also the best prospect um, in this uh, recruiting class that is going to be a freshman in 2024. He just announced he is going to Duke. Um, he chose them over University of Connecticut. Uh, Matty, you spent some time at Duke. You've been to UConn. Tell me your thoughts. I mean, you know how I feel about that campus. Obviously, it goes without saying Duke is one of the top three programs in the country. So it makes a lot of sense. You were saying um, beforehand, it'd be cool if he went. You like to live in that world where you can see one of these guys go to a smaller school. Um, 
he was deciding between like I think it was like Iowa was in there and some other small schools. Um, Providence, I think, was in the mix. So I get why he ended up at Duke. I mean, it's beautiful. It's awesome. He's yeah. gonna have every resource necessary, and they got a great class too. So I feel like who wants to win it's a an opportunity? Yeah, like I don't because he knows he's not gonna be there for more than a year, right? Like none of these kids are staying for more than a year. Why would he? Like, what is the I know, point? I know. So, if you're only going to get a year, go to the very best situation. Squeeze everything you can out of it. Maybe win a title, hopefully win a title, and then go get paid. Like, If these kids had to stay there for two years minimum, then I think you might see them pick different schools. But what's the incentive for him to go anywhere? No, you know, anywhere not. else. None. Other than like you mean would be really fun. Be a fun story. Brought, it would be a fun story. But and... even then, what's going to happen? They're going to rip through the conference and they're going to get to the tournament and there's going to be another team with three of them. Maybe the Sweet 16, maybe. Yeah. Which yeah, I think would be fun. But isn't, yeah. isn't he the type of player, though, that like he's on a different level than other high school prospects? I think so. If he went to Maine and was like, hey, you two or you three, we're all going to go, go with to Maine. Yeah. Play for a year. We're all going to get drafted after a year. Let's yep. just go dominate. Like, yeah, that he could be a it guy that did like that. Oh, it'd be it'd be a blast for for. I mean, yeah. especially Chris, Chris would love it. Chris Markwood. I don't know if you guys know Chris, the UMaine coach, but uh-huh. uh, he went to school with us, Gibby. Okay, up in Orono, and, and Chris is his um his high school coach. I was I was his high school coach's assistant for years, so I know Chris really well, and he would be like, I mean, he would be all about it. Obviously, getting a kid like that, that would be. So I don't think I knew Chris, but I think he he might have told me at one point in intramurals he didn't need a point guard that uh, played like a power forward. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, not, I'm down a rabbit hole now, recruiting rabbit hole. You guys want to feel old real quick? Yes. Next next class is number two prospect is Carlos Boozer's kid. Yeah. And the number one prospect is a kid from Brockton. So the Northeast is getting some love two years in a row. Um, this kid from Brockton, Debanza, is supposed to be a freak. Like, not like a, a Wemby type freak, like more of like a, not as tall, obviously, but he's supposed to be something else too. So we got a lot of representation over here. We're having a nice so little time. I would guess that Cooper reclassified to get away from those two in the draft and just be uh-huh. the number one pick. Uh huh. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Um, so this has been a different season so far starting out for the Celtics, right? This is the first time in the last nine years, 10 years, we haven't seen Marcus Smart. I love him. Uh, Brian supports him. Uh, Maddie needles me about him every single <laughs> turn. I know. I'm just realistic about what he is. That's <laughs> no, it's fair. Um, everything's fair and on the table, but we have an adult in the room with Drew Holiday um, who's on the floor and... Chris calming them down when need be. Yeah, the zinger is out there. Um, and he, I knew he was seven foot three, and I've watched him play a million times. But for some Monster. reason, when he's on our team, it's like it feels like he's eight foot three. Like he is it, the it, it just shows, and he looks great in the, the green and the white and green trim uniforms, too. So I'm excited about it, but. Watching these two games that they've played so far, it just seems they are at another level that they rarely hit. They had a ton of talent in years past, but it seems like they they are cohesive. Everyone understands the role that they're in and is excellent at the role they're in. Um, Brian, what are your takeaways from the first two days? And we haven't talked about it that much, so I'm excited to hear 
Um, I think, you know, the, the biggest takeaways for me is that Porzingis can score inside. And I don't think we really had anyone who could do that. Like Al could kind of score inside. Um, Rob didn't have those moves. Rob did not. Rob was always like, when he got it, it was always kind of an adventure. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. Is he going to make it? Is it going to had to be a lob or you didn't really trust it. Right. And Porzingis is like, you know, anywhere on the floor, he can catch it and put it up and score, put it on the floor and score. And, you know, um, so that to me is the number one eye popping thing is like, okay, now we got a guy who can score there. Zones aren't going to be a problem anymore. You know, we're going to be able to space those out pretty good. And we got a guy who can attack it from the middle. So, um, and then my other takeaway is that we need to, we need to find somebody off the bench that can do something. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not the guys that we have. We, you know, we might be playing the right guys. We just have to get more out of them. And if not, we have to get two or three guys who can just be NBA bodies and provide minutes during the regular season. Um, or we're going to be in trouble come playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And there's not, I mean, there's a little wiggle room with the exceptions they have to maybe go get, um, I, who knows, you never know get bought out or who's going to be available like there should be someone um same caveat supply here like if this team stays healthy them and the nuggets are just in a class of their own there's not another team like yeah i don't even think you could put the Suns in there to be honest like i just don't think they have the same i'll call it like range of outcomes available to them like you said like porzingis not only is a defensive presence i mean it's a small sample people are eight for 20 at the rim when he's there to protect it so far i mean those are like those are Rob numbers, but he also obviously can shoot. So we'll see. They got to stay healthy, but they're definitely, I mean, I'm loving, I can't wait to see some like crunch time Drew, Derek White backcourts where they both, like then you have two top 10 defenders locking guys up. And if you're playing a team that's running through the point guard, that's going to be a big problem for them because everybody else in that team can play D. But you're right. They got to find somebody, this Brissett kid, what are your thoughts on him? I've liked what I've seen in limited action. I don't know if he can grow into more, but I've liked what I've seen of him while he's on the floor in terms of playing his role, but I don't know what it looks like moving forward. Yeah, he's a good good energy hustle guy. He's athletic. Um, they Their bench is really good one niche role player guys. You know, yeah. like everybody has one thing that they can do and um, that's great you know, for, for a bench in the playoffs, I just don't know about during the regular season, if they can get by with, with, without some more playable rotation players, you know, and maybe, and it could be guys like Lamar Stevens is a guy who I think you can give minutes to, if you need to, um, yeah. you know, I think you can give minutes to that. Um, I don't know how to say his name, Keita. Um, the guy. Oh yeah. Him, yeah. You know, the center. Yeah. You know, he's, he's yeah. huge, you know, he's athletic. So, I mean, they can stick yeah. guys like that out there and take minutes, but like, they they really should address that and it's it's fine i mean i think this was the exact same problem they had in um 08 when they first started the season it was like all right we got like one or two guys off the bench that can give us anything and then everyone else is just like gabe pruitt you know yeah. like yeah. yeah and leon poe you know excelled and then james yeah. posey like was the glue guy and yeah no i think so too i i don't know that it's sam hauser i've seen I like Peyton Pritchard. I like his energy and he can create yeah. his own shot to a degree. And it's a good role for him that he's got now. It is, but I, I'm nervous about it come playoff time. If he's your seventh guy, um, you know, and I don't think he is, I think he's probably your eighth, but um, there's gotta be the guard equivalent of like a PJ Tucker. 
yes. going to be available or like I think weren't they in the mix at some point in time for um, Kelly Oubre? Like one of those guys who can like make Alpha a second team and just like keep things going. Because yeah. what about Walsh? Are they going to play him? He's got energy. I think he can replace a lot of that Rob stuff. I I think he's just can't do anything offensively. Yeah, at all. Like I think he's just to the yeah. point where if you put him out there, he's basically standing in a corner and no one's guarding him. <laughs> yeah, can't have that. Yeah, they'll find they're gonna find somebody. Although yeah, what encouraged yeah. me was when Porzingis fouled out and the game was still, you know, in um, question against the heat and you're like, Oh crap. Um, we're, we're out Porzingis, but then like Horford comes in and he can finish games. So they have six guys that can legitimately finish any games that are better than most of the rest of the league's top yeah. five guys. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, I, I'm 82 and 0 might be a little bit much, but this is, uh, if they it's stay fun. healthy, this is the most excited and the most like assured I've been of um, this is the team that does it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been I, interesting I, think so other, far. I think the other piece is too, the teams in the East have dropped off a little bit. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Philly, it remains to be seen yes. what Philly gets back for, for James Harden, but it's like, going to be a mess. It's not going to, it's not going to be much. Terrence Mann's not – he seems to be the holdup, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, what's he going to do? You know? you know what's ironic? I thought today a lot of a lot of like GMs are like, does it even matter? Like, Tyrese Maxey, I think, is taking the leap. It seems like yeah. he's about to become that guy. So, like, it's going to be the same thing every year at the end of the year for them. And he's going to run out of gas. You can go at him in the postseason, and he can't defend anybody at that point, and they need two other guys. You just don't they – don't. I think Maxie can replace everything uh, everything Harden's given them right now. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going to get back in return for him. I don't even know where, where it goes. Where and when does Embiid ask to get traded to? We're breaking news here. End of the, the season. This could be it. This is it. He's going to get it. bounced in the second round. Uh-huh. And he's, he's going to want to go to Miami. Uh-huh. Yep. Or All these guys are going to go to the same three or four teams now. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. I think you'll see, I don't know what LeBron's doing, but the Lakers are always in the mix. Um, Milwaukee feels like they may have just become one of those teams just because of the star power of Giannis. Like, he pulled in Lillard. He can pull in probably any, who wouldn't want to play with that guy. Like, the guy right. good, he can make you look. So, but yeah, Miami, Riley's always, he's always lurking. He didn't get it done this offseason, but he's always lurking. Um, any up-and-coming teams that we're thinking about as mm. the course of the season goes on? Last year, we gave America... Um, the Miami Heat, and yep, even though they came in as an eight seed, we said, you know, just no one wants to play Miami in the playoffs. Any teams that are around, like, is it Cleveland? Is it Chicago, Atlanta? Those are some of the teams I had circled that that I was thinking about on the East. That that could, like, make a leap into... Yeah, they could make a leap, like, maybe get into the top five, maybe move into the Eastern Conference Finals, like, an upset... The Celtics, the Bucks, that you know we think could be there um, towards the the finish line. I'd I'd say Cleveland's the only team in the East that has a chance to do that. I don't think the Knicks are good enough. I don't think Philly's good enough. Um, Orlando would be my team that's like up and coming. I think they're going to be in a playoff. I, I think they'll be in the playoffs. Um, it feels like a year too early for them, but it, but maybe, maybe just, they arrive. Maybe the yep. plan. Maybe yeah. not the playoff, but the play in, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, in the East, I think the only team that I think can really challenge for that 
is um the Cavs and like barring Detroit having everything pan out and those guys all develop a lot at the same time in the next week you know what I mean like those guys are good I mean like I I Cade Cunningham's awesome he's he's a really good player and they have a lot of other really good pieces but there's no way they're doing it this year um so that's why the Cavs would be the only team I think that could really make that leap in the east um I, in the yeah. West, West is low. West, I think it's OKC. I mean, yeah. I, I think OKC really? is it, really Love good. that team. Love that team. Yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're, they're must-watch. And I haven't seen a whole lot of horn, um, Holmgren. Um, Mike Holmgren? Chat? Mike Holmgren, yeah. yeah, it's his kid. Yeah, but he's not even – he's like a bonus. It's like SGA and Giddy are kind of like – they were so much fun last year. They beat a lot of teams and nobody was really paying attention. And they got – Presti's just like, he, what does he still have, like 45 first? Like, he can go get anybody he wants. And they might be good enough to do that. Lou, Lou Dort's 2K rating in uh-huh. Marcus Smart is like an 84. Yeah. What's their yeah. similarity score? Are they 98? Spider-Man. It's not that like, they're like similar. It's just Lou Dort does <laughs> think like Marcus Smart type things a uh-huh. little bit. Like, yeah. yeah. He's a little bigger. But yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, any chance with the, the Clippers, like, or is it just Kawhi? We saw it, we're done, like, the movie's over with Kawhi, and you know, the load management has <laughs> become yeah. too much. I I think the rest of their team sucks. Like, Paul George yeah. is good. Who else do they have? Um, yeah, they're not they're scaring not, anybody. No, no, and I, I kind of feel that way about Phoenix, too. To be honest, like yeah. you got Durant, you got Booker. The rest of your team's really not that scary. Like no. Beal is not that good. I mean, right. I mean, he he's a good player, but he's not like I don't know, not not a guy, not a guy that I would consider near All Star level. Um, no. But I think, and I think part of one of the things I think you're seeing in the NBA is that some of these teams are getting stuck with these contracts now. Because they're mm-hmm. not as interchangeable as they thought they'd no, be. No, they're not. Yep. Unless players like completely fall off, that's yep. the only time they they become like interchangeable because you can just throw the money around. Yeah. But yep. when there's any value attached to the players, it's kind of like like I Milwaukee made a really good trade to get Damian Lillard, but mm-hmm. two years from now they can't sustain like they can't It'll sustain be a disaster. There, yep. There's no yep. way they can sustain it. So, um, I just see that happening to teams, and I think Phoenix is going to do that big time. That yeah. they're gonna like two years from now, it's gonna be like, what do we do? Like we're out of money and we can't, you know, we have nothing available to trade. But that's how teams like the Kings are built. They have a lot of flexibility. They got a star. They've got a couple good role players that, you know, I don't, I don't know if you call the bonus a role player, but like him and Murray are guys that can score. Like that's a team that's like a piece away. If somebody comes available, they can slot in a stud to that lineup, and they're even more dangerous. I mean, they've already made the leap, but that's a fun team and no one ever hears about them because it's Sacramento. So that's the way to build though. You're right. You got to have interchangeable contracts and the cap has changed so much that now teams are stuck with these deals that they thought they were going to be able to move and other teams are like, it's not worth it. That's why Brad got out in front of the second, second round pick Bonanza and just stockpiled them last year. Cause I think that's what people want now. They don't want bad contracts. They want seconds. They want to take shots on guys. And well, I, I think Brad also went all in on like, we're just going to be so far over the cap. It doesn't matter. Yep. And so, but we're going to have to go get guys that we we can extend 
yeah. that are younger that we can have under contract for the next like a good core and then we'll yep. just figure the rest out and, and fill it out with minimum contract guys which yep. in the nba is fine i mean like look at some of the guys who went on minimum contracts towards the end of the free agency like mm-hmm. if you're getting kelly Oubre, it's not a bad I'm, pickup late in the free no. agency no 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 he's a guy that can give you 10 10 15 off the bench while everybody gets a breather Although I do think they're so deep now to go back to the south, hopefully they can like. I know they have a lot of their schedule is conducive to them getting guys a little bit of a breather along the way this year. I think they got to do it. They played so many games. They got to get these guys some breaks. And the only way to actually do it is to play them less minutes a few nights and let somebody else take over, but don't give games away because you know how important home court is. You can lose that by a game or two. So, yeah. November, who cares? These games don't matter. But when you lose home court by a game and you got to play a game seven somewhere else, it matters in the NBA. So hopefully they can find a way to do that. Yeah, and I I, I even think giving not just giving guys less minutes, but giving guys complete days off. Yeah. Like even when you give a guy less minutes, it's a weird thing because like those pros, like the warm up and cool down is probably 90% of yeah. the effort for the day. So yeah. like if you give them you know, even if you cut their minutes in half, you're you're reducing the workload by like five percent. You're not reducing it by, you know, like obviously as much as you think. The numbers aren't as big as I'm talking, but like there's that chunk. Like just give them the day off and let them completely rest. You know, yeah, uh, and they're good enough that they can do that. Did the NBA change? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, oh, okay, I'm playing today. I'm going to do the same exact thing. I'm used to playing going in somewhere between the seven and eight minute mark of the first quarter and exiting the game at the three to four minute mark. Um, so I think you know that's that's a factor. It's funny you mentioned Paul George, and I had a discussion with someone about who are the current Hall of Famers that are on that are active NBA players. And I was thinking about a few players, and Paul George was one. I was like, is Paul George a Hall of Famer? Um, The question was actually sparked around, could Jalen Brown become that? So I want to get into Jalen in a second, because we've talked about contracts and these monster contracts. But I want to play a little lightning round of, is this guy a future Hall of Famer or not? So we'll start with Paul George. Yes, no, if he retires in the next two years. Without any NBA titles or anything, I I would say yes. Yeah, I mean he's put up so many not like. Well, actually, this is an offshoot. How many guys have made the Hall of Fame without winning a title? Like a how lot. many bark? How many bar- There's a lot of Barclays in there. There's right? a lot. So there's a lot out there. You can get there, and I'm not a huge Hall of Fame guy. I told you that. Like I just don't. Yep. I feel like it's a moving target. Like what gets you in there? But yeah, I think Paul George has put up enough numbers right. wise to be in there. I don't I don't know what the numbers requirement are, but to me it's like he's he was one of the best four or five players in basketball for a little bit of a stretch. Yep. You know, right w- w- towards like the end of his pacer career before he broke his leg. And that to me, like you put together a 20-year, 15 to 20 year career and you were the best player, one of the best five players in the league. Sure. You know? Yep. yep. Yeah. Feels okay. Just okay. over. Just right. over the line. All right, we're in. I mean, there are the obvious Hall of Famers, right? There's obviously LeBron. There's mm-hmm. Steph Curry, Durant. Chris Paul's going to make it. James Harden probably will, like, to scratch. Uh, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be the ugliest. Is, man. is he going to get booed at his own induction ceremony? Like, He's going to have it at the at, at a strip club, for sure. That's where they'll, He'll make them go there to him to have the ceremony. Draymond. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I hate it. I know. <laughs> yeah. He is for sure, but I hate it. Yeah. So I'll I'll end it with two more. One that just recently retired, Andre Iguodala. <sighs> That's so tough. He's got that, I he's like I mean again, he was he was probably a top ten player in the league for Philly. He's yep. a one time all star, a finals yep. MVP, all rookie yep. team, two time all defense, four time NBA championship. He's like the Robert Ory that was actually really, really good. Yeah. I don't know. One one of those he didn't play. Yeah. Well, I'll try to get hurt. <laughs> He's got the titles and a, a small chunk of time where he was the guy, I remember, but like maybe a year or two tops. I think this is one of those cases where the titles probably just push him over. He's just over the line, too. Yeah, um, I might even say he's just under the line. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to, like, I don't know what, how much Hall of Fame does the championship thing. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, the yeah, finals, you know, have, that to me is the, that, that's the one that's the only thing that's keeping him on the, on the line. Yeah, because you can win a bunch of titles as a role player who never really does much. It doesn't mean you're, like, that shouldn't be the only thing. I think no, you have to mix the ball. Yeah. But you need some, Robert you need some all not NBA. No, he's no. not. Yeah. No. You need some all NBA teams. You need some of those, like you need to have got like played in the Olympics maybe once or twice. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think you need to like a sprinkle in some of that stuff. Or the last one that we'll finish it up with. Marcus Smart. Absolutely not. <laughs> He's not. I, I look that he had like the same um chances as uh Dwayne Deadman or something. <laughs> <laughs> that did you look at that today? Because that would have taken a lot of the wind out of your Broncos. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing can uh set okay, the okay. down. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it was Al Horford. Um, uh, keep in mind the college titles. Five that matters. Stuff. I didn't realize that until you told me that. 2010-11 All-NBA, an all-defensive team, an all-rookie team. He's not there right now, but if the Celtics can send him off with a title this year, even if he's the sixth man and a role player, along with Hall of Famer Mike Gorman, um, who's mm. retiring at the end of the year, um, I think there's a case to be made that that Al might sneak in. How many All Star games? Five. Oh, that's that's a considerable amount. Um, <laughs> I I think he's in. I mean, I think I, he's close. I I think because I when he was with Atlanta, he was one of the better ten players in the league. I mean, he was really really good with Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, uh, Mills that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's been. Close. I feel like he's one of those if guys. He gets, like he, if he gets the title, we got to get Allen to Springfield. Um, we'll go. Um, yeah, sorry. yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Same boat. It was a. It's a digression. I wanted to get your sense on a, a few guys as I was looking through on Sunday morning. <laughs> it's like my newspaper reading basketball reference. <laughs> I, I was looking through some of those. It's incredible how much they weight certain things. I know. Like, if you look at their Hall of Fame probability, there was there was one to me that stood out big time, and it was Jalen Brown was the same as like Robert Covington. And I was just like, crazy. Well, yeah, oh. Robert Covington have any Hall of Fame juice at all? Jalen Brown was an All NBA player. He was he's been an All Star. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. At age twenty seven, that that's been my point with the Celtics, and it was back in June. It was Tatum is twenty six. Jalen Brown's 27. 
it is so rare that you see like one of the top two guys be a 23 year old or a 24 year old and win a title. And someone was like, Oh, this is their only year. This is their only chance. And it's like, no, well, no, it's not. Um, they're going to continue to get better. But I think this is kind of like the breakthrough year um, that happens. So any concerns with the amount of money that the Celtics handed out to Brown or is just like we talked about, you need to, because he's 27. Well, and you're needing to, it's just what you do with an all-in-bay player. Yeah. It's a lot of people don't understand the contracts aren't the dollars aren't like, this is how much you pay for this guy. It's how much you pay for a guy like that. Yeah. You know, like the, the, that's the math. And like, I mean, you, you want to look at some of the other guys. Aaron Neesmith just got like $11 million a year. Crazy. Aaron He's their second leader scorer right now, too. Second leading scorer. I know, but I mean, $11 million for Neesmith, you're yeah. going to pay $60 million for Brown. You yeah. know, like, like. I think the numbers jumped when the cap jumped and people weren't prepared for it. We missed it. And they looked at some of these things. And again, it's, a, it's the strangest salary cap in all the sports. There's no rhyme or reason to it. But you're right. You pay guys like that. He's still young. You're going to be able to do something with him if you decide you do have to move him in a couple of years when the tax becomes untenable. Like, you'll yeah. get 90, 90 cents on the dollar for him probably at that age. Uh, you can't trade him before you sign him. There's like no path to doing that now. Like, who are they trading him for this offseason? And you can't just let him walk because you don't get that money back to spend. Right. Yeah. People don't get the NBA cap. That's why it's really convoluted. I barely yeah. understand it. And the guy. numbers are huge, right? Because they're. 12 guys or 15 guys yeah. on a team. And yeah. it's not like the NFL where you've got to spread it across 75 different players or 53 yeah. or whatever it is. The top 51, I think, count against the NFL cap. But regardless, like there are 15 guys and three of them really matter yeah. <laughs> on most yeah. teams. And then there are a few that don't. Um, you also, the, the, the max salary, no matter what the number is, is always 15% of the cap. So yeah. you're never spending more than anyone else. That's like right. some of the guys that are on a max that's like 35 million right now are, is actually like a huge bargain because they should be getting paid 60. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, um, Jokic oh, and Maxi were players of the week for week one. Who's um who's your player, Maddie, Brian, that makes the leap this year that either is, has been a bench player like the Neesmiths of the world that are all of a sudden like Oh, are they going to make an all-star team? Um, or, you know, uh, most improved, anything in that level. We're not talking about like Jalen or Jason Tatum adding 15 pounds and becoming the MVP from a first-team all-NBA player. But guys that might not be on our radar, maybe hadn't made an all-star team that that might be in consideration this year. I, I guess I already kind of spoiled it with uh, Maxi, but I yeah. also think that um Scotty Barnes to take that leap too. Just because he's like he's so bouncy, but the, I was watching him play defense the other night and he destroyed an entire possession on his own and didn't even go inside the paint at all. Like they couldn't even get the ball in to start the play. So I think if he's if he learns how to score a little bit, then he could. Um Halliburton's already taken that leap, right? He's a star at this point. Yeah, I think so, even though I'm out on Halliburton. He's good. You don't like I don't him? know. His his shot, his form, I don't like it. Oh, okay, His visually, yeah. I don't know. I would say Maxi like and then, paper um, straws. Yeah, Ma- Maxi and and Barnes are my two guys that I think could okay. make a, a sizable leap. Um, I I think if we're talking, who's going to win Most Improved Player? Um, mm. 
it might just be Jordan Poole because he's going to get go from scoring fifteen to thirty from going off the bench to being a starter. Um, he doesn't have anyone that's going to punch him to, in the locker room. Time to retire that award if that's who we're giving it to. Yeah, I mean, that's what they usually do, though, right? Biggest stat right. jump. Yeah. Um, but yep. if I'm actually like thinking about who the most improved player um, or will make an actual leap, I think Ben Banchero from. Uh, Orlando. Uh, yeah, Orlando. I like that. I, yeah. I, I like. I think it might just be that I watched Orlando live twice, beat the crap out of the Celtics, but he looks legit to me. Like he looks really, legit. yeah. Um, yep. And I also like um, the, the the my big like like it's not most improved rookie of the year is actually where I'm going to go. I, I don't think Wemby's going to win rookie of the year. I think they're going to get 25 Scoot? games and shut him down. Wemby, Victor. Yeah, so. so do you think it's going to be Scoot? No, no, he's no. not very good. I mean, I don't know. He might be good. He he scored he's like out. four points in two games, right? Unacceptable. Um, no, I, I I think it's between Holmgren and uh, Derek Lively from Dallas. Lively's nice. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing on Lively. Yeah. Um, and and if you know, Gibby knows. If I'm putting a guy from Duke on any list that doesn't yeah, play it's himself, a nightmare. Like I mean, yeah. Cooper Flag going to Duke. Uh, <laughs> this is not a good game for you. We're glad yeah. to like hold you in a little bit here and, and <laughs> provide you some comfort today, Brian. Um, my guy is another Duke guy, um, and only because I think he might play more than twenty five games this year is Zion. <laughs> I was gonna say he looked. He's looking. It's like can we see Zion for fifty games? I think you just have to hand him the award. Maybe rename the award. Um, so don't, don't they have a comeback? Yeah, he'll he's he's not eligible. Yeah, comeback player of the year. He give him both. Ben yeah. Simmons can give him a run for that. One. Oh my gosh, uh, what's happening there? I keep seeing his name pop up. People are he's like, is he's he's scoring? What's going on there? He decided to play this year. Yeah, he's he's there, <laughs> and he's talking a lot too. He's yeah, he's <laughs> he's, like, like, uh, he's got some he's got some bravado. <laughs> yeah, is he on the Nets still? I don't even know what team he's on anymore. He's on the Nets. Yeah. He shouldn't be. There was a point in time this offseason when I talked myself into both him and Zion when before the Porzingis deal because I thought they oh, could be too. like good complimentary pieces, but man, the wheels will fall off eventually there. Um, the Nets having him and Nick Claxton on the floor at the same time provides excellent spacing. <laughs> yeah, built in. Oh, you know what I do like too? Um, he's just a rebound monster, but uh, this kid Duran on the Pistons, that's why the Pistons yep. could leap. Like, he's, he, I like him a lot. Would they get him in the draft? He's a second year player, right? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I think he, he was part of their trade down or trade up or whatever. And they okay. Were, oh, yes, with the Knicks. Yeah, they the would Knicks, have something to do with yep. the Hornet. Angry. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. traded Mark Williams to get Jaron Durant, right? Yep. 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 Yeah, he's good. I like him. I like that that's one. The, those are the kind of guys yeah. you want to get. Yeah. He played for Penny. Oh, that's right. Tempest. All right, so this is the way too early one, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, finals, matchups from the West, the East, and how many games is the uh, is the title winner? We're going to be back on, and we'll we'll settle this as we get into the playoffs. But um, where's your where's your pick? You're really going at your neck there, Matt. Well, because I, because I, 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 if I wish I could just like turn injuries off, because it would yeah. just be the Nuggets and the South, and we'd get seven awesome games, and everybody would love to watch that. That'd be yes. unbelievable. If these teams both can get there with these rosters, 
that's basketball at a level that we've not seen in the finals from two teams in a while. Like that would be fun. Um, so that's my pick just because I want it to happen. It'd be really cool. But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really believe in any other teams that much. Like Milwaukee doesn't really do it for me. I, I don't know. They still have gaps. I, I don't know. But my preference would be that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm going to go Celtics Lakers. Oh, that'd be fun too. That'd be fun. That's a good one. Lakers. I, I just, who wins? Celtics. Mm-hmm. Okay, and four. Yep. Probably. I mean, they they've killed the Lakers when they've played them. I know. Yeah. This yeah. this is not a good matchup for the Lakers at all. No. no. And then I mean, the only team that matches out. up. The only team that matches up with the Celtics now is the Nuggets. And there's nobody else who has answers for all this. Like that that team last year against that Miami team. Four games. And then um, yeah, and then in the off season, Brad drafts Bronny. And uh, just oh, has, I love that! Just control him, <laughs> throws it on the table, trolls the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Trolls not even any good. Bronny. He waits that top five pick on him. He's not even any good. Can't yeah, <laughs> he trades up to take him. Yeah, uh, just you know, take it to LeBron. Would you trade up to take him to get LeBron to come play for you with him, like on a minimum? Oh, no, yeah, he's going to sign him. a minimum. I want LeBron until the day would be like, hey, LeBron. Screw yeah. you! You're not playing with him. Like <laughs> until the day LeBron decides to not play anymore, I want him on my team. It's unbelievable. He's a cyborg. He's like still chase down blocks. Like it's insane. What is going on there? Something's something's up. But yeah, oh yeah, I would do that deal. Who do you lose in that scenario? Who leaves? The, who do you have to get rid of on the team to make Sam that happen? <laughs> oh, no one. No one. You tell LeBron he wants to play. The They're both minimum coming off the bench. Oh, it's man. minimum contract. Can you even imagine that would be? They'd probably have to shut the league down. They'd have to just quit it. They would. They would they David Stern would come up from uh-huh. <laughs> from the ground. Uh huh. Something would happen. There'd be a a magical Jordan gambling allegation, and he had to take a year off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brad Stevens wouldn't be president. It would be uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't mean of the Celtics. I mean of the United States of America. Too. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's he's old enough. I know. Finally, he qualifies. My write-in vote might actually count next year. Um, uh, that, was, that was my write-in in the last one. <laughs> um, so I've got a Celtics, Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks oh, will spicy. be really spicy at the trade deadline. Um, adding something, losing Kyrie potentially, and uh, we'll see like a little Luca Tatum showdown. I don't think that'll actually happen, but um, it's my fun one for the. The pre not preseason, but two games in. I like um, it. Any closing thoughts before we uh, we shut it down? No, another crisp episode here. I'm ready. I feel prepared to watch some some uh, basketball now as I creep into just figuring out who's what. But yeah, it does seem like the East is very con- concentrated, and the West has a bunch of teams that are spunky. So it'd be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a great season. Um, I'm going to get back to the parade. Uh, the Denver Broncos are now three and five, and uh-huh. yep. probably twelve and five until um, proven otherwise. So I don't see why not. Um, <laughs> good night, gentlemen. Thank you. We uh, we figured out the NBA 2023-24 season for you. Um, and Cooper Flag, it's still time. There, there's still time to. Get them to Merrimack. Get them to Merrimack. Um, oh, get to Merrimack or Humane. Um, they're still offering. Uh, mm-hmm. You can or declassify. Yeah, whatever you want, literally. <laughs> Thanks, guys.